Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined today by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're recapping all the action from the ninth week of college baseball. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, we are in the fall of the college baseball season with the winter of offseason coming upon us. But before then, we have college baseball Christmas with the NCAA tournament, the College World Series. How are you doing on this fine Monday afternoon? You know, all these all these seasons that you reference make it make me feel uh, much cooler than it actually is outside. Yeah, as as someone as a Texan, I'm not sure. Do you need me to explain what seasons are to you? Yeah, it's I mean, it's usually just hot and then like a little bit cold one day. Right. Is that all it is? Yeah. Uh, and then you just start sneezing a bunch. If, if my experience okay. in Texas is is anything like yours, just allergic to everything. I'm getting through. We're getting through that part of the, of of Texas. So we're OK right now. <laughs> But um, did you do you know anything about John Rice Plumley and uh, his? I've heard the name. Know, yeah. So this weekend, so he plays for UCF now, and he used to play for Ole Miss. Uh, he actually used to play for the Ole Miss football team and the Ole Miss baseball team, mm-hmm. and then transferred to UCF, where he's doing the same thing. And then so Ole Miss won a national championship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, so he transferred in this offseason, right? Is it or is it two off seasons ago? Yeah, his first. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's uh, doing doing double duty for the Citronauts slash Knights, depending on the uh, day of the week. They change the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this weekend he so he played. He plays for UCF baseball regularly. Uh, he's a, a starter in the outfield. He played a 5 p.m. home game against Memphis. He went two for three with a triple and two RBIs. Pretty solid uh, output by him. And that would be just, you know, that's enough to call it a day. I think I'd I'd be fine with that kind of production for the day. But he decides to go leave the game in the seventh inning. Uh, He's escorted in a golf cart to the football stadium to play the UCF spring game at 730, where he threw uh, two touchdowns. So um, that's a a double nice day, I feel like. Some guys can't have it all. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that'd be too much work for me. I would I just want to see one or like play one game. But John Rice Plumley has more names than most yeah. people and plays more games than most people in a day. Yeah, that attitude might have been why you aren't a professional athlete, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I, that amongst other things, maybe my height, <laughs> my general yeah. athleticism. Yeah, propensity for uh, delicious foods. <laughs> yeah, I saw a few games in a day and one time in college i think you might have been there with like our friend who got married this past weekend we went to go see a, a soccer game and then a volleyball game i think didn't we didn't we do that we did some double duties for sure in, in yeah. college the, the spectator equivalent of starring in your football team spring game as well as going <laughs> two for three in the college baseball game yeah it's definitely the same thing all right, I want to hear one thing that uh, one more thing before we get into the to the the meat of this podcast. I want to hear your takes on alternate uniforms because MLB is doing all these city connect uniforms. We're seeing the Texas Rangers just released theirs, invented a brand new mythical creature. What's your take on alternate <laughs> uniforms in general? Uh, in general, I like them if they're not overdone. The there was one a few years ago by the Steelers. I know it's not MLB, but the Steelers did like a yellow and black bumblebee thing that was supposed to be a throwback no thank you not all throwbacks are created equal i feel like just you don't have to throw back everything that you saw because people back then didn't really know anything about marketing at all so now there are better 
better designs and better like I don't know, yeah. graphic design stuff. People were tacky in the sixties, right? <laughs> yeah. In the seventies and the eighties. Don't just look back at it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I my my hot take here is I'm anti powder blues, but maybe that's not a hot take anymore because I think they've been overplayed. We we've seen too many of them. We've seen the the Ole Miss ones, I think, you know, more of the classic ones in college baseball, but Liberty jumped on the bandwagon. What Old Dominion has some. There's quite a few powder blues. I'm kind of done with the powder blues. But I'm a big fan of the powder purples from ECU. <laughs> Buying purple people eaters, the purple on purple pants and top. Yeah. That's I mean, I don't know, it just looks cool. It's it's unique. I'm I'm an all in for unique because we have too many red and white schools that or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, just uh you know what? If you had to do any other powder color out there, we've seen powder blue and now powder purple. What powder color do we need? I'm thinking mm-hmm. powder orange, Tennessee, yeah. maybe uh, powder purple on powder yellow. Get some LSU action on this. Oh, boy. <laughs> like a giant <laughs> Easter egg, basically, at that point. Yeah. I think someone who's better at technology should than us should do put that together in Photoshop. Then Mock up I would love to see every that. uniform, yeah. but powder version of it. Just the like pastel look. Yes. Uh, we get we should get SEC baseball on that. <laughs> All right, before we get too deep into fashion, let's head over to our top story, which is Wake Forest. And the Wake Forest Demon Deacons traveled to Louisville, Kentucky to take on, lo and behold, the Louisville Cardinals. And Wake Forest took this series two out of three. It was a top 10 matchup. And Wake Forest I think, continues to build a very impressive resume as they really established their dominance in the ACC. Yeah, and Wake out-errored Louisville in this series and still won it on the road. That just shows, like, everything's clicking right now for the for the Deeks. And their three-hole hitter, Nick Kurtz, only played in one of those three games. So uh, yeah, injuries plus errors. Adam Cesare didn't play either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who yeah. needs your stars when you have, well, who needs two of your stars when you have ten more? Yeah. But uh, I, why did Rhett Louder not pitch on Friday night? I was I was in Baltimore and missed that game. But oh, I don't know the logic behind that. Uh, I know that they had a little bit of weird weather the weekend before, and so mm. what they did didn't they do a doubleheader last Saturday? So maybe Wake was trying to get some people back back on certain rhythms, probably something yeah. like that. That sounds. That I mean that sounds right. <laughs> I I didn't look into it enough, but uh, that sounds accurate he he was still fantastic on on saturday with seven innings pitched five hits no earned runs in in that shutout on on saturday they just they just dominated and yeah Louisville came back and salvaged the series and like took it to the like the, the bullpen a little bit but and liggett was still really good that's kind of what you need yeah i uh, let's do a quick score run by run wake forest one game one 11 to five uh, i think story there for me uh, I mean, uh, we can go to Johnson in the five hole with five RBI, two home run. One of those was with a grand slam. Uh, Tommy Hawk leading off four for six day. Tommy Hawk had multiple hits in every single game in this series. He is just the 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 guy you want leading off for you and plays a pretty mean defense in center field. Scratch that. He was one for three in that middle game. But that middle game was a game <laughs> that Wake Forest won three nothing. When you have Rhett Louder going, Tommy Hawk, you don't need to hit multiple times. You have Rhett Louder on the mound. Actually, you know, just three up, three down. Once you get the first run, three up, three down and let your ace get out there and uh, don't let him cool down. Uh, but like you said, Louisville won that game three, seven to two. Uh, Louisville needed that. I think uh, Dan McDonald, when he was talking about Louisville's earlier stretch of back-to-back road series losses, 
talked about kind of the idea of treading water where if you're going to lose, don't let it become too contagious. So they lost back-to-back series, but they didn't get swept. Same thing here. They dropped the series to Wake Forest. They didn't get swept. It's just rule number one of conference play. Don't get swept. Uh, Not great for Louisville losing this series, obviously. Doesn't take a genius to figure out that out. But eight and seven with some of the toughest part of their schedule behind them. Um, Louisville's looking all right. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I mean, let's see. They have at Duke coming up, which is... Is going to be tough. I feel like we we were. That's true. Duke, Duke's, on Duke. Duke's trending in the right direction for sure. Yeah, and then Miami just took that series over. That um, was North Carolina. Yeah, coming yeah. into the weekend, I think Miami's ACC road run differential was like minus thirty eight. Like they had been just garbage in ACC Whoa. conference play on the road. But I think they had to play what Wake and ooh, I'm losing who the, the other one was. Notre Dame. Wait, nope, wrong team. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they they've had a, a pretty tough go on the road. Yeah, at Wake at Virginia. So yeah, they went at Wake at Virginia, went 0 6 in those games. So um I mean that's not like the worst, but it really started to feel like this Miami team was a team which like okay, they went at home, can they win on the road? Because winning the road or winning a neutral size is obviously important in the postseason. Win a road series at North Carolina. So that was a really big win for Miami for sure. But yeah, you're right. Louisville then what goes to at Clemson and at Virginia host Florida State. I think there's definitely some winnable series in there. I, I'm not too worried about Louisville moving forward. Yeah, they still could be in the hosting con- in hosting conversation. Maybe get to 16, 17 wins and it'd feel better um, just to double what they're at right now. But yeah, I don't know that at Virginia series in a few weeks is is looking rough for Louisville. Hey, but if you're Pittsburgh, apparently you can waltz into Charlottesville and win yeah, that series at Virginia. <laughs> so, so maybe they're not so there. scared. Yeah. Uh, good teams have bad weekends. I don't know. Is that yeah. too cliche? I guess it's fine. Well, let's wrap up the top story and move on to our brand new college baseball top 50. And the top 50, we have the same top five LSU, Wake Forest, Florida, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. Finishing off the top 10, South Carolina, Campbell, East Carolina, Stanford, and Louisville. Uh, just a couple teams joining into the top 25 this week. We have Duke coming in at number 22. Texas finally breaking through into the top 25. They have been sitting just outside, so now they are 23. Oregon hitting the top 25 right at number 25. Also, a few teams entering into the top 50. UNCW, after winning that really big road series at TCU, checks in at number 31. A couple Sunbelt teams joining in. We have Troy, Texas State joining, as well as UC Irvine, Mississippi State, Alabama. SEC, once again, is leading all conferences with 11 teams. ACC is second at nine. What else stands out to you about our top 50, Kyle? The Big 12 continues to perplex me. TCU lost a series that to to UNCW, who has not lost a series in the road this weekend. They have a few two two ties in a four game series. But... Yeah, UNCW hasn't lost a series. Hasn't had a losing weekend. Period. They've won yeah. or tied all their weekends. That's wild. And same with Campbell. We we noticed that earlier too. Um, Campbell yeah. just continue to rise. If you win all your weekends, you'll do all right. Secret um, to being a but... good mid major: don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps. Um, and then Oklahoma State also losing that series to West Virginia. I, I just, it doesn't make sense. West Virginia, like, they're improving, I guess, and they were always kind of there. But it feels like the the cul-de-sac of the Big 12 is kind of bringing each other down. Like, it's it's lower than it, than it has been in the last few years, and I don't understand why. 
there was one time uh, on Saturday where seven teams were within one and a half games of first place in the Big 12, which was what? pretty cool. <laughs> There's been some di- yeah. divergence since then. There's been a few more games played. Yeah. But another fun fact, you noticed you had a great stat poll last time that home teams in Big 12 conference series were 13 and 2. They were 0 and 4 this weekend. So after starting the year 13 and 2, they went 0 and 4. Add to that the fact that TCU lost that home series to UNCW. The Big 12 home teams were 0 and 5 this weekend. So uh, root, root, root for the away team this time. How dare I call it out, I guess. Yeah, once you drew attention to it, they got kind of nervous. <laughs> Let's take a look at our pick'em results. So uh, four and one week for me. I'm feeling pretty good. I got my mojo back. One losing weekend. You got to bounce back, right? You got to put those that that home run behind you. You're still on the mound. You're still there to do a job. So here I am, four and one this weekend. Uh, Vanderbilt did take that series against South Carolina. Got a little bit testy there. South Carolina took game one. Ended up uh, having to be a little bit of a comeback there for for Vanderbilt. Uh, or did I get that backwards? It was a 1-1 split, and then Vanderbilt took game three. Coastal Carolina at Old Dominion. I got that one wrong. I picked Old Dominion. That was a great series, and Steve Parkers has a nice piece talking about Coastal and Old Dominion, as well as Troy and uh, Louisiana, a couple Sunbelt series. Uh, the uh, That series came down to game three, in which it took two solo shots in the 10th inning by Coastal Carolina to win that series. So Coastal Carolina had a huge road series win over Old Dominion. Uh, three more, though, that I did get right. I got UConn at Xavier. That was a 2-1 series, so Xavier put up a good showing. Notre Dame at Clemson, come from behind series win for the Tigers to put them back in the conversation for the top 50. Not quite there yet. And then I felt I felt really great about this one. I said that Southern California USC was a little bit of a trendy upset pick over Oregon State, but I I wasn't buying it. Oregon State swept the Trojans. It's maybe the beginning of the end for Southern Cal. They they had a great great start to the year, but running into some of the maybe top tier competition, we'll see what they can do down the stretch. Four and one week for me though. It's a nice win, a nice uh, weekend win for you. I just, I can't keep getting this right. I mean, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, we already touched on the Wake-Louisville series, but I feel like I did everything right in that series. Like, Wake had a lot of pe- people out. They had a lot of errors in this weekend, and Wake still won the series. I, uh, I've, would you have picked Louisville, like, knowing what you knew going in? Yeah, I, I, I started, uh, maybe I'll try to be gentle. So far, I've been better this year. This is not like an every year thing, right? I think you beat me last year if memory serves me right. I, I know it was pretty close. I think so. so like, this is not, you know, I, I'm not just better at this than you are. But anytime you pick a series, I, I try to think who I would pick, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't waste the energy. I got to stay focused on the series that I'm given. I think yeah. I would have gone with Wake in this one, but it's easy yeah. to say that after Wake won the series. So. Right. And then same for the Stanford Oregon series. It was I, I was really impressed with Oregon's rotation. I didn't see this coming, shutting down the Stanford offense. I felt really solid with with the Stanford pick here. Would you have picked that one as well? Yeah, I definitely would have picked Stanford in this series. Yeah. Uh, nearly it was a sweep by Oregon, but Stanford did salvage that last game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stanford scored six unanswered runs in game three to salvage the series. But shout out to Friday night West Coast baseball. Quinn Matthews and Jake Stofall had... A pitcher's duel, both like only one pitcher used on each side. Eight innings pitch, seven hits, four in runs, no walks, ten strikeouts by Matthews. Um, and the four runs were all on three homers. So early on in the game, it was just 
the ball was flying early and then uh, i feel like that is such a stanford start like i feel like stanford always has one guy that just like will throw like eight or nine innings to start the weekend and you're like okay and stanford doesn't use their bullpen it's just like yeah stanford does the most out of gets the most out of their starters but Jay Stofall had a complete game shutout, three hits, only one walk and eight strikeouts. And then Logan Mercado the next day had a complete game, five hit, one earned run, only one walk. So just they they pulled the Stanford on on uh, on Stanford. On Stanford. Was, yeah. yeah. That sounds too like Oregon. I mean, that sounds like a recipe for success in the postseason, right? I mean, you, if you can get guys going <laughs> deep in games like that. Uh, I think one thing we're going to so, be talking about a little bit is the Pac-12 hosting chances. I don't know. I'm starting to feel pretty good about Oregon. Yep. The other series that so I I um I picked right. I felt pretty confident about this. I don't know if I felt this confident. Arkansas swept Tennessee at home. Just taking out just, the trash. <laughs> sweep, sweep, yeah, sweep. Just a a really nice pitch series for the Arkansas pitching staff. Two pitchers each in the first two games, and it was just six innings pitched for for the hunter for hunter holland the starter on friday night and hagan smith three innings pitched in relief nowhere in runs only one hit striking out everyone he saw it was just a nicely pitched series considering how ballyhooed this tennessee offense was and yeah that's ballyhooed i don't even know what that means i'm just gonna roll with it i'm gonna pretend i know it it means just like uh praised like coming in like coming into the season how Uh, this offense was like praised and high uh you know the day okay. I learned. <laughs> uh, the other one, I picked Indiana to beat Illinois, and I got that one right, but almost didn't. Indiana or Illinois won the first first game of the series, and I didn't think that would have happened. The Illinois, Indiana game one starter, Seti Manas, Manas, left after two innings pitched with only two hits and one walk. I don't know what what went wrong. What went wrong there? But. Um, a three-run bomb in the seventh, in the bottom of the seventh, gave Illinois the lead um, for the only one in the weekend. And game two was a Brock Tibbet show. We went four for five, a triple shy of the cycle. And I don't know, just uh, that's that's Indiana baseball. I feel like just a few a few hitters doing well. The bullpen was pretty good this weekend, the whole weekend, and so good job patting myself on the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that West Coast showdown. <laughs> I definitely would have picked Santa Barbara over Irvine. Yeah. So this is Santa Barbara is has been the king of the Big West lately. And I didn't expect this from Irvine, but they it was definitely not a very West Coast series. I feel like there were 11 combined home runs this weekend and and Santa Barbara was a little sloppy. They had five errors in the weekend and they, they out erred um, Irvine, which is a recipe for losing series unless you're Wake Forest. Um, it it was just a little unexpected for these for these West Coast teams. The other you, series, the over under at the number of times out errored would be said at the podcast at like at point five. I would have taken the under, and here we are sitting at two. <laughs> it's a word. I'm I'm gonna call it a word. <laughs> Kyle, um, the the linguist specialist over here, linguistics. I think you mean etymologist. Etymologist. <laughs> Ugh, gross. <laughs> All right, finish this off because you had a six series because. You had a tie last weekend, so we had to give you a six yeah. series. And, uh, and tell me about that six series. It was a tie. Yeah, it was a tie. <laughs> that yeah. other series. You replaced was a, a tie with a tie. <laughs> so we're gonna have to do this again next week. And I just I'm gonna call it a tie again. But this yeah. was um, game one was eight unanswered runs by Washington in the first four innings, but no extra base hits. Ba- extra base hits in the entire game for Washington. So impressive win without hitting it very hard at all. 
Uh, and the other the other game, Arizona State was pretty solid. Just it was just a fun back and forth game. I think it was it was a there were like three lead changes in the last five innings. So good yeah, job, these teams. This Arizona Sorry, State I team is, you. is never never quite out of it. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really tough out in the postseason. So that's our Sorry top I fifty. The Cardinal teams. Oh yeah, the Cardinal teams. Cardinal <laughs> Cardinals. Oh oh and uh, two on the weekend series. Uh, that is our top 50. That is our pick and recap. We'll take a quick break and be back with some report card action. And we are back. Before we get into some report card action, if you haven't already given the podcast a rating, feel free to pause the podcast right now. Give it a rating. It really helps us get the word out, helps our podcast grow and get more people listening to college baseball. Let's dive into a little segment called report card. I'm going to start the clock. Let's do two minutes of pop on these. We're going to do six minutes of grading some conferences and some teams. Two minutes each. I want to start off talking about the Big 12. We talked a little bit already about how the Big 12 is struggling, let's say, to have an outright leader. And Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes when it comes to postseason jockeying for regional host sites, etc., you look to see who's dominating a league. And right now, Texas is four games above 500, eight and four. That feels like a very solid type of regional host type of team. Uh, They also have a nice RPI plus of 16. Then from there, K-State at nine and six. It doesn't feel like a postseason team unless some things change. TCU, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, all one game uh, or one or two games above 500. Texas Tech right at 500. Oklahoma obviously made it to Omaha last year, national championship title series, four and eight in the Big 12, 19 and 18 overall. I think I'm going, uh, so this is, I'm going to grade all these on a curve because if you're just talking about like how good the big 12 is like, yeah, I don't know. B plus right. They've, they've had the fourth in the conference RPI. They've had some nice non-conference series wins, but like, if we're talking about the big 12 for how the big 12 expects to do, I think I'm going like C plus here. Like this feels like a little bit of a weird, weird year for the big 12. Yeah, I think I would agree. I think it's, it's, um, unexpected to have only one let's see one big 12 team in the top 25 in the rpi i know that's not like really a, a metric to like look for but i mean we only have two, the two of them in our top 25 in our rankings only tech and texas are ranked right now in the top 25 and texas is down there at 62 in the rpi is is this a, a ranking or a, a report card based on postseason outlook or just like the whole season what are yeah we, texas what are tech having? is down in the rpi like right now yeah. right not texas uh, yeah. yeah, let's say like right now, where where would you say the Big 12 is at in terms of this season? Yeah, I feel like a, a C is probably is pretty standard. If I, I think it's cool, maybe is it is it one way to put it that that all these teams are like really close to each other and it kind of creates some fun drama down the stretch. Like there's not one dominant team that makes just a, like a boring conference. Yeah, K-State's race. in on the action it's, still. That's fun. Yeah. And. K-State's 79 in the RPI, and they, I, I didn't expect that coming into the year, Kansas State, to be that good. And I think they even lost a series to Baylor early on, and they're still okay in the race. And, and Baylor's last place, in, last place in the league. So, yeah, this it's it's fun that there's a lot of um, parity, I guess, but it's not, it's not looking good for – it doesn't make them look good for postseason. I feel like we're starting to cut down on the number of Big 12 teams that we might expect in the postseason. 
So let's take a, a stab at the mid-majors now. That's the next thing up on our report card. Uh, I'll let you take a stab at this one first, Kyle. What letter grade are you giving to mid-majors and why? Mid-majors as a whole. Man, that's a, yeah. that's a lot of teams, I feel like. <laughs> Across the board, what how are we feeling about mid-majors? Uh, this year, I feel like in general, I'm higher on mid-majors than lately. It's just and mid-majors are always the fun teams that... that um, college baseball sickos like us like to pay attention to because other people can have the the blue bloods that we, we want the we want the mid-majors i um i'm impressed so far with how many teams are in the in the like top 30 top 50 um from mid-majors we have campbell at number seven in the big in from the big south ecu at number eight from the american um UTSA from the Conference USA at 14. Maryland yeah, from the Big I 10 counted, at we had, 17. We had 15 in our top 50 from mid-major conferences. That's impressive. Yeah, I also uh, want to take a look at the RPI Plus because I think that's something that's important to to think about. Coastal's at 10. East Carolina's at 14. Southern Miss 15. Dallas Baptist 17. Yukon 18. Indiana State 21. Santa Barbara 25. UTSA 26. These all, all these teams still have a shot at hosting. I'm I'm gonna go like A plus. Like, what else do you want from a mid-major? This is an A plus for me. I think I agree. It's the possibility of honestly getting two or three mid-major hosts in the in the postseason. But that's it's pretty not huge. Even, like the rest of the, the rest of the like I mean, the season isn't all about the postseason. It's still like really cool, like fun storylines to have to to have a, a top twenty. Co- uh, Coastal and Campbell series, like midweek series last week. That was really fun. Last up on the report card, LSU. Again, we're grading on a curve. Obviously, LSU has had a really great season, number one in the country, doing a lot of things great. But if you're an LSU fan and you had the expectations heading into the year, what would you give the LSU Tigers for the season so far, Kyle? Expect Based on expectations, hmm. the expectations were to dominate the SEC and win everything a thousand runs to zero which they've they've done a little bit of that quite a bit uh, of run rules still yeah quite a quite a few run rules but they haven't um swept anybody i don't think my my computer was freezing up on me so i couldn't confirm but i don't think they've in, swept in anyone sec in play yet. yeah yeah they definitely yeah, have some in sweeps in non-conference over samford and western michigan and a couple other or actually might be their only two sweeps yep but I think right now they're not even they're in second place in the in the in the in their own division to Arkansas, who's had a few sweeps. And maybe that has to do with with um, who they've played so far in, in conference and who Arkansas has played. But LSU did beat Arkansas. And I wonder if if that had been on the road, could Arkansas have won? I'm not sure. I think All right, so, give me okay. a letter grade with our last few a seconds of this. Uh, I will give you, let's say, a B plus. I think I'm going to go like C. I, I think that this was a mega team and a mega team doesn't win multiple series in a row, just two to one, right? Like mega teams need to sweep. Um, I still think they could win a national championship. I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but I think behind Paul Skeens, it's kind of with a combination of injury and inconsistency. It's just a little unclear who LSU will have. Uh, who will step up? Is it going to be Christian Little? What's Shore's status? You know, what exactly is going on? Thatcher Hurd, I think, has been a huge disappointment. Blake Money, I mean, mm-hmm. never was the going to be, a, you know, the ace of this team, but sitting at 6.48 ERA, you had higher hopes. Maybe he still could be a contributor. Uh, the pitching staff on a whole, 
uh, sorry, 4.18 ERA. That's not the that's not a negative ERA. So uh, they still are, in their defense, top five in the country in FIP, 3.82 FIP. So this is still one of the best pitching teams in the country. Again, though, not mega team status. Yeah, but would you would it change your mind if they swept the, like three of the next four series that they play against at Ole Miss, home, home, hosting Bama at Auburn, and hosting Mississippi State? Would that change your mind? For sure. If they go like 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 in those four series, then it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is starting to feel more like a mega team. They need to fill, they need to to fill out some roles in the pitching staff right now. I think it's kind of yeah. kind of what I want to see from them to feel like this is going to be a not just a favorite, but like the heavy favorite going into the postseason. Oh, it's that time again. Mail time. And that's mail time. We're running a little bit low on time right now, so we have three questions, and let's try to move through them quickly. And they're all about the postseason, Kyle. It's postseason prognosticating season. Mm. And uh, the first one comes from Timothy on Twitter. What are the chances that Pac-12 has more than two regional hosts? I like this. We have a segment, What Are the Odds? So let's just take this What Are the Odds style. Uh, I'm going to say, like, let's say 50-50 that we get more than two. I think two is the floor. I think three is the ceiling. <laughs> I think it's kind of a pretty tight window yeah. there. I think it's Oregon and Stanford because they are both right now top 15 in RPI plus 11 and 12. Feels like host teams, obviously. Both of them have some nice series wins. Um, so you're starting to feel pretty good about those. UCLA sitting at 22 in the RPI plus. I feel like UCLA is better than that, but they got to win some games. So it, it could be those three. Uh, Arizona State's got to at least be in the conversation. They have... The RPI plus of 24. So there's definitely some teams in the conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, do, do you have any, what what different take from 50% chance? No, I think that's good. I think, I think two feels solid. Three is a little bit harder. Just bit, I mean, that's also based on like other teams are also good. So I think SEC is going to get a lot. ACC is going to get a lot. Then it comes down to like UCLA comparing them to another mid-major. Like the UCLA might have the talent, but mid-major has the resume. So I, I don't know. We'll see. So next question comes to us from Reed with Southern Miss and Coastal Carolina, both having RPIs better than 20. What are the chances of two Sunbelt programs potentially hosting a regional? Another what are the odds situation? Uh, so RPI plus of Coastal Carolina is 10 and Southern Miss is 15. I feel pretty good about this. Like, I don't feel great. Mm -hmm. I feel maybe slightly better than a coin flip because the Sun Belt's so competitive. I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of these two teams slipped up. I kind of, I like, I'll be honest. I was kind of waiting for Coastal to slip up and lose a series, like drop a series. You know, for instance, I picked them to lose against Old Dominion. That's not too shocking. Mm -hmm. that, that That's on record. I can't deny that. Uh, but they haven't. And if they keep this up, they're 100% hosting, right? If you if you win the Sun Belt and you have an RPI yeah. that's top 10 or whatever, like this, that's a, a host team. So I think the, the tricky part is going to be the second team because Troy is third at 31 in the RPI plus. It's going to, I'm not going to say it has to be Southern Miss, but it, it kind of has to be Southern Miss if there's going to be two of them. I think I, I think I agree. But the, the problem is the Southern Miss has only had one host in like at most one host since 2008 there's been the sun belt, either the sun one belt. or zero that what i said no you said southern miss <laughs> <laughs> the sun belt has only had one or zero hosts in, since 2006 at least but this is a uh, different version of the sun belt this is a better that's sun belt that's true this is the first I, time the sun belt has been top five in conference rpi 
ever or as far as and my data prognosticating <laughs> nice <laughs> okay well yeah yeah i think that increases the odds for sure it's um uh i'll say what did, did you say an odds yet for that one i'm gonna go 60 percent mm, okay i'll say 50 i'm coin flip either way on both of them yeah i'm i'm weighted coin flip here Last question of the podcast go, comes to us from Go Yukon nineteen eighty eight. Some folks have been asking about Yukon's hosting chances, but considering the RPI and what's left of their remaining schedule, I fear that if we lose just a couple series, we might be entirely out of the tournament. Hmm. In terms of at large bid, does that seem right? What do you think, Kyle? Um, maybe. Let's see. There. What is their RPI right now? 16, 16 RPI, RPI, 18 RPI plus. 75th strength of schedule, strength of schedule, uh, 97th and non-conference strength of schedule. I just, it might be being hurt by the Big East, not having the, the best um, conference RPI that right now Xavier is the second highest, as far as I can tell, um, at 43rd in the RPI, and they just won that road series. I just can't see them losing another series i mean they i got... think that's it that that's the point i think yeah. i want to ca capture here is i don't think uconn's gonna lose another series if they do i would start worrying yes i i, I yeah. think uconn doesn't have the highest chances of hosting for the exact reason that this question questioner ha uh pointed to is just i don't think that they have the rpi uh builders remaining on their schedule they have a few teams with you know still fewer than 10 wins so some kind of some weak teams in the big east but i don't I, mm -hmm. I think it's very low odds that uconn hosts but i also think it's pretty low odds that they aren't in the tournament if they lose two series they probably will have to win the big east, big east tournament i think you're right yeah and they they end their season with, with georgetown at villanova seton hall butler and then at omaha and creighton so that's kind of cool yeah, um, and that but, that's a solid solid series. So they'll have a chance maybe to end the year to to boost yeah. that RPI a tiny bit. Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. Check out our website collegebaseball.info, our socials at collegeballnat. If you haven't shared this with a friend or give us a rating, might as well do that right now. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably one of the super fans of the College Baseball Nation podcast. Just hang on to every last word of this podcast. Or maybe you fell asleep, in which case, wake up! Go rate the podcast. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. <laughs>